0: To Dice Don't Die, a Pathfinder second edition podcast. Hello, and welcome to Dice Don't Die's Deep Dive. Tonight, we are talking about the new rule updates. New errata is here, people. I'm Chad. And tonight, I'm talking with Beth. Hello. David. Hey. And Sarah. Hi. Now, let's get right into that errata, Beth.
1: Okay. All right. So, a couple of disclaimers that I just want to put out there. I'm going to try my best to just not read the, the entire errata. If any of you want me to just read a wall of text, I... I can do that, but that is a different podcast. It is not this one.
2: That's like a sleep podcast.
1: <laughs> yeah, no joke. Total side note. Uh, I have been thinking about like creating audiobooks of some of the tales. Uh, I've been looking into what it would take to do that. Uh, I had never occurred, you know what people want? Audiobooks of the rule. No, you don't want that. Yeah, I don't know. I'm, I'm sure that some people could benefit from it, but also I'm not the person to do that.
0: Could it be like one of those hypno book readings that like, you can mm-hmm. listen to it while you sleep and it's like suddenly you know it all?
1: Oh, yeah, I'm... I- <laughs>
3: yeah, I- thank you. The trouble is your your record skips and then all of a sudden all you can say is uh, battle medicine, battle medicine <laughs> rest
1: <of> your life. <laughs> okay, okay. Give you guys so anyway,
2: i love that we're already off track
1: yeah this I is mean, record time this is is it
2: no i feel like is it, it is probably? maybe it
1: probably is anyway moving on uh but i am gonna read sometimes be reading chunks of text to kind of give context uh for what i'm talking about so fair warning this may be a bit of a dry episode but considering how often we get off track maybe not Yeah. So, uh, the first part that we're going to be going over is uh, the five things that Paizo highlighted in their blog post. Now, any links that I'm going to be talking about, uh, we're talking about the main blog post, the FAQ that they put out, and there was a separate forum post that talked about the errata. All of those things are going to be referenced. All of those are going to be in our description of the episode. So if you have questions, um, definitely take a look there. So when Paizo put out their blog post about the new errata, they highlighted five rules changes. Now, after having read the entire errata, I can tell you those are not the five things I would have picked. Uh, But Paizo uh, wanted to highlight them. And so we're going to go over those first. Then we're going to go over the five things I would have picked. Not just me, actually, but that dice don't die would have picked. So let's get into it. The first thing Paizo wants you to know is that unarmed attack proficiency goes up when your simple weapon proficiency goes up. Now, we kind of had a discussion just now about this, where the question that Chad had was, Chad...
0: Uh, I was wondering if bringing up the unarmed attack proficiency might make taking Monk as your class a little bit less attractive.
1: And I definitely do understand that. Although this rule change to me was kind of a no-brainer. Like, to me, when you have the unarmed attack like you're giving it trained, when everything else goes up, I would assume that that would go up as well. Um, however, thinking about it further, I do understand where you're coming from. The reason that I would disagree is because of powerful fist. Which makes the die for your unarmed tax a d6 and not a d4. So it's still always going to be better to be a monk if you're an unarmed fighter anyway. Not always, but you know what I mean. In
3: general. In general. Uh, I, I I heard always be a monk
1: <laughs> i I you knew you would, so yeah, first one they highlight fine, totally get it. The next thing that they highlighted was some changes to alchemists now I'm not going to go into everything here, but let's just say if you're an alchemist, you should use the control f key on your keyboard and uh look at all the changes there's a lot yes to uh some of their alchemical items that kind of stuff there is a lot there um which sarah has been um perusing um, any any main nerfs to ashka so far um so i get
2: medium armor now which is theoretically nice but i probably won't be upgrading uh my my armor because I'm not very tanky. Like I multi-classed into rogue, so having medium armor doesn't really do me much good. Mm-hmm. Other than that, what a lot of what the alchemist stuff was mm-hmm. Was lower level um, enhancements. So at lower levels, alchemists can't really make a lot of alchemical items. And so because of that, like you either need to take a a weapon or some other means of attack because like you're going to be able to make four bombs and it's going to get you through half a battle. So, uh, so what they did was they helped out lower level alchemists. A lot of it was like levels one through five. So since we're level seven, there wasn't a whole lot that I needed to update.
1: However. So the one thing that I would say is if you're building an alchemist before, when we had done our alchemist episode, I flat out said that I wouldn't do a mut- mutagenist. Right. Uh, I still wouldn't just like <laughs> personal build- preference this time though. B- eh, uh-huh. I still think they need more feet support, but with the medium armor, uh there's definitely a um I don't know. There's support now. Where before I wouldn't have said that really they were well supported at all. Like you were just going to die all the time.
2: Yeah, I think maybe an an alternate way to play the mutagenist would be uh to play the mutagenist as a buff for the team instead of yourself. Mm-hmm. Um so instead of drinking all of your um all of your alchemical items yourself to to put those buffs in that you could give them to other people and then that might be a more interesting way to play that character. Now, as as, as a support.
1: Self- yeah. There are some that are self-only right
2: Mm, that would require me to read the mutagenist rules more closely, which I didn't.
1: Oh, let me tell you right now, I don't know why you would. I'm not a fan. <laughs> Just not a fan, guys. I'm sorry. I, I'm, I know that there are people out there who love them, love the idea of them, the fiction behind it. Like, they were not created. When, when Pizo sat down at the table, they did not say, we're going to create a, a class for Beth. No, they definitely did that with the witch though, but uh, (laughs) it it is nice that they made this change. I did like that they flat out said in the FAQ, not in the blog post, like hey, you know, helping your mutagenists out there. Like They obviously heard the outcry from the community uh, and said, oh yeah, (laughs) this kind of sucks. Uh, so, like that errata, in my opinion, well deserved, well needed, super great. So, moving on to, th- we're just moving right along, guys. We're doing these- it. Yeah. No, these first ones I knew were going to take no time at all. It's the later ones that get, shall we say, controversial. And the next one was how they did, uh, how they changed carried items. Oh, buddy, <laughs> this was uh, kind of a big change. So they, they classified carried items in three ways. You have held, which means that you're carrying it in your hand. It's pretty self-explanatory. You have worn, which, again, it is on your person. And then you have stowed. That one is a little more like not as evident, but it's like, you know, when you're trying to find your favorite pen, but you put your favorite pen just like you threw it in your backpack and you're literally digging around your backpack for 20 minutes looking for that damn pen. No, just, just, just me.
0: I'm going to search around all those different swords that you also threw in
2: there and that ocean bottle. Is Man, that- hopefully you sheathed those swords. I did not. I
1: hope so. Oof. I hope you sheathed your pen. Your backpack's <laughs> ruined. Priorities. Anyway. That was
3: all of Nigel's scrolls ruined.
1: <laughs> Oof. Anyway, that's what stowed means. Right? Like, that is kind of the reasoning behind stowed. As you've thrown it in your backpack, it's going to take a little bit for you to find it and use it. Where Worn... Is more of like a hey, I have this in my pouch. I'ma just grab it real quick and throw it in your face. However, one of these, one of the things that this kind of did was it made certain items kind of pointless. Uh, and that's the part that's a little sad. Uh, I would say so. Uh, the bandolier, the belt pouch, the satchel. The scroll case, the sheath, and the vial no longer have those extra properties that help you, you know, interact with those items uh, to make it quicker. Because now they have those traits implicitly. So those items aren't needed anymore. So, yeah, like, I get it. I think for a lot of people, this is going to be a good change, but for me specifically, it it just is adding a bit of confusion. Um, I will say uh, that I literally saw the best uh, forum post about this issue. I absolutely loved it. Uh, Somebody on the forums was talking about how this was obviously inspired by Wayne Reynolds and his uh, iconic, Uh, yeah his drawings for the Iconics and I could not agree more like one of the things that kind of drew me into Pathfinder in the very beginning was the character designs and how like you could see all of their equipment on them just felt I don't know cool and like aesthetic can we just say that it was a vibe.
2: It passed the vibe check.
1: Wayne Reynolds definitely the vibe check. Absolutely. Absolutely. 100%. Uh Wayne Reynolds, please call me up. Um <clears throat> anyway, I love Wayne Reynolds. I don't know if that's obvious. It was hilarious. Wayne
2: Reynolds, please call Beth.
1: Please, absolutely. Uh anyway, this post kind of was making fun of that, right? But in a way I kind of agree on a more serious level art influenced this game in a truly impressive way and this is just one more way that the art has has kind of influenced right they wanted a way for you to be able to wear these items and it have meaning and that's why they've done this and maybe if they We're still in the design phase. They would do this a bit differently now that they've got all of this experience on their belt. But I'm fine with this. Um, And I think that in the end, having the three types of items or or the way that you carry items will be fine. Um, I do really like uh, that they had to reiterate that this doesn't really help with potions. <laughs> and I just really loved that. Uh, from the errata, it says, For example, drinking a potion worn at your belt requires an interact action to draw it, and then a second action to drink it. And I'm like, Yes, I know, Paizo. It makes me sad, but I do know. <laughs> so, so sad. Yeah. Then the next thing that they wanted to highlight again about items. They were really excited about items, I guess.
2: Who who isn't really?
1: They lowered the bulk of several items. So that's great, I guess. But then the highlight of this is they separated the alchemist kit, which is for travel and the alchemist's lab which is very heavy that's a quote <laughs> alchemist's lab which is very heavy is like that's just really funny to me that's good just, just just so you're aware you can't you can't take your lab with you everywhere you can't take your entire lab yeah yeah but they lowered the bulk of other items To help compensate for you trying to carry your entire lab with you.
2: Which any good scientist would do. Mm
1: -hmm. Would try? Mm -hmm. Yeah. You gotta try. My question is, uh, does this affect Ashka at all? So,
2: uh, no. But also maybe because I was playing incorrectly? I'm not sure. Because at least before, I was under the impression that the Alchemist lab was already so bulky that it wouldn't be advantageous to take it with you and Mm -hmm. I was not under the impression that you needed it in order to make alchemical items.
1: I don't think you do. I think the alchemist kit gives you some bonuses, though, but I'm not. Right. So, like, the lab would be for downtime. Mm -hmm. Yes. The Um, alchemist lab is... And it always seemed to be that way. Right. Yeah. For sure. Right. But let's look up the alchemist kit. Let's see what it does. We're just sitting here in silence His Archives of Nethis spins and spins. It's trying to load. It's trying to get over the fact that this is 2020. Aren't we all?
2: I guess that's my catchphrase this episode is, you know.
1: Aren't we all? Isn't it always? It's not a bad catchphrase.
2: I could have picked a worse one, Probably. Something that's not, like, PG-13
1: for our podcast, but... It's true. Did I copy-paste this wrong? Hold on. So I'm not... You're not finding oh it. Oh, my gosh. I'm an idiot. The alchemist kit. The kit that you buy. Like, the gear kit. Yeah. That's what it means. So, like, that gives you your armor... And some weapons and, like, some stuff. There was also an alchemist lab in there.
2: Was there? There might have been, but honestly, I didn't take the pre-made kit. Maybe because of that. Because it was heavy and expensive, and I was like, I don't have this much money. (laughs) I'm poor.
1: Yeah, it, it definitely means, like, the alchemist class kit. Okay, cool. That's fine, I guess.
2: Yeah, this seems less cool now.
1: Yeah, it's just not Like it's fine, but why is it the thing that you highlight? That I don't
2: understand.
1: Yeah. Okay. Uh sure. So now like you get alchemist tools and no alchemist uh lab, but you can buy it separately. It's still massive. Finally, The last thing that they wanted to specify, and this cracked me up because, man, I wish I'd thought of it. I wish that, like, I had read whatever forum post talked about this that made them change it in errata because this is, in my opinion, genius. So this is what the blog post said. We we clarified that sustained spells... To make it clear whether you could sustain them multiple times in the same term and get a benefit. That's all it says in the blog post. And I'm like, oh my God, we can now sustain spells multiple times in one round and and get a benefit from it. Like you can sustain it twice in one round and then the next round you don't have to sustain it at all. I was sitting here going, oh, that's such a cool change. I'm super hype about this. You could, you could sustain it, and then the next turn, you know, cast a three-round spell. Like, that's awesome. Then I go, I go to the errata where it says, no, 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 no. Several sustained spells are meant to provide once-per-turn benefits when they are sustained, not to be used multiple times per turn. So, they specified that some spells now say the first time you sustain a spell each round.
2: Ooh.
1: Exactly. Cuz here's the thing, I didn't even think of that. Like flaming sphere? Like would love to have sustained that like in one round, like sustain it twice and then the next round you can cast something else again. Like love that.
2: That would have been no. so good.
1: I know, we we could have been abusing the rules this whole time.
2: I've for I've had lack of that imagination. Sp- I've yeah. had
3: that spell for so long. I could have just sustained it three times in a round, mm-hmm. burned everything.
1: Right, and then for three more rounds, you're fine. Not that we've had rounds that have lasted that long, but some of our bigger boss battles. Huh? <sighs> right? Aren't you disappointed as a wizard? Yeah. Aren't you now disappointed that you didn't think of that? (laughs) That's the problem here for me. Yeah,
2: David, you're the problem here. Wait, is that what we were saying?
1: (laughs) Wait, hold on. Hold (laughs) on. That's not. Nope. That is not what I said. This is taken out of context. (laughs) I have clarified on my Twitter that that is not what I've said.
3: Beth has released the (laughs) errata.
1: I have clarifying my own errata, my my press sec- secretary has stated. All right, anyway. Moving on. Uh that is what Paizo wants you to know about the errata. They want you to know <laughs> the alchemist labs. Here's the thing though, you know somebody on the forums was like, hell yeah. Now I've got that clarification that I need. It's just not I, me, bro. It's
2: gotta be like one person, I'm gonna be honest. I just it's gotta be understand. like one.
1: Like this errata was huge. I'm I'm gonna be very honest with you. It was it was very large. I, I read the whole thing multiple times, like really kind of went into some stuff, although apparently the alchemist lab like stuff didn't flag my brain. Uh but like, I, I really went into this stuff. And then to see what they actually highlight. Because there's some cool stuff in here. There really is.
2: I feel like it's just got to be a case of, like, developer brain, right? Where, like, you've read the thing so many times. Or, like, you're so deep into it that, like, you don't recognize. What's cool? What other people are going to think is cool.
1: hmm Maybe. That, that is a good point. But anyway, so to rectify this, what I have done is I uh, have, we here, the royal we, have gathered the five things that Dice Don't Dies deep dive wants you to know about the errata. And of course, the number one thing on my list, the one thing, honestly, that inspired this entire episode, we were supposed to talk about something completely different. To be honest, I don't even remember what we were supposed to talk about because the errata came out at the beginning of November, and of course, everybody latched on to Battle Medicine. How many hands, Beth? How many hands is Battle <laughs> Medicine? So let me tell you, uh, let me... let me Spoiler warning. I know how many hands it is now, and Kaizo okay. has officially stated... But they didn't at first. It was great. So, they coming out with all this new, the new Rata for the printing, they still didn't say how many hands for battle medicine. <laughs> they can't still it. Say. did not say.
3: Did they at least add the bag of handing in?
1: <laughs> no. No, they did not. So, what they said is you ha- they changed the requirement to say that you are holding or wearing medicine Or healer's tools. Hmm. And then. The second sentence says. Attempt a medicine check. With the same DC as treat wounds. And that you need. Your healer's tools. For battle medicine. But you can draw. And replace those tools. As part of the action. Again. Due to other errata. But it still doesn't say. How many hands. You have to be holding it or wearing it, but say you're holding it, now what? Then in order to interact it, do you have to have a second hand? Is is this something where they're going to introduce a four-armed race so that we can use uh, battle medicine?
2: Ooh, I hope so. I would love to build, like, a general Grievous situation.
1: Well, one day I'll go into, uh, there is something like that in 1st edition. Ooh. Yes, but not today.
3: I suggest two hands and then a wizard with mage hand. Ooh, Ooh that also is so good. good
1: so literally this went on the forums hundreds of posts. I'm not I'm not over exaggerating. Like I am actually kind of known for being a bit of a drama queen. i I'm no, I know all of you are so shocked by this. Um but like <coughs> I, I over exaggerate a lot. I am not over-exaggerating when I say literally hundreds of posts were, uh, have talked about battle medicine at this point. Multiple uh, forum posts. It, it dominated conversation in both the forum post on the blog and the separate po- uh, post uh, that was just like a, a discussion thread. <laughs> it cracks me up. And so they had to make an update to the errata
2: It's what the people want to know.
1: It's true. It's literally true. Because they kept saying, well, we don't really, we don't want to specify. You know, we don't want to have to say explicitly all these things, right? Like, some of it is up to interpretation. And people were like, no, just tell me how many hands. For real. (laughs) Which just cracks me up. Uh, And it has to do with how many hands it takes to use healer's tools. So here's the update. Uh, I'm going to read it verbatim. We will be updating the tools revamp to indicate that worn healer's tools, along with other toolkits, only take one hand to use, as you don't have to hold the whole kit in your hand, just the items you need. What this means for battle medicine is you only need one free hand to perform it, when you're wearing healer's tools, you do not need both hands. I love that they stated it three times. They're like, alright, you made us say something, we're gonna say it three times now.
2: I mean, that's good. Now at least there's no question.
1: No, there, there absolutely is no question. I actually like that they specified that this is going to affect other kits as well. Because, uh, you know, it's a worn kit. And that makes sense to me. Right? Like, yeah. You grab the bandages really quick. You still want to wear your sword. Like, mechanically speaking, this needed to happen because if Sonny had to uh, drop his sword to heal, Sonny would be sad. And that, we can't have that.
2: I mean, that's the number one I'm driving fine. factor. Yeah. Oh, I, really I don't absolutely. drop my shield. I'm fine.
1: But, well, you couldn't wield your shield. But right? I want
0: my shield.
1: Right, exactly, but no.
0: I don't want to dirty it's, my shield. I can dirty my sword.
1: If, if this if this effect had not taken out into place, you would have had to use two hands for battle medicine.
3: Now you just grab a leaf and slap it on that wound. I was yeah, thinking,
0: now you just life. grab that healer's kit and shove it in their face.
3: <laughs> yeah, face. Be healed! Bam!
1: Bam! Bam! I like this. <clears throat> Heal- healing by uh, uh, hurting. Good, Mm -hmm. works alright so uh, the last thing that I wanted to say on that was you know I kind of joke about how there's literally hundreds of posts and there are but I do kind of think it's nice that the community was like Paizo stop it just tell us how many gosh darn hands (laughs) just tell us just give us the hand count there's no reason not to tell us That's I mean that's how I feel.
3: Just give us the hand count. We obviously (laughs) cannot uh, handle deciding for ourselves. No, we definitely are toddlers. Five hundred, not even close. Yeah,
1: no. uh, It's true, and I'm sure a lot of like uh, GMS have made their own rulings on the matter or whatever. But like, we shouldn't have to house rule this crap. Just tell us how many hands. Anyway, I just love that this has been literally months in the making. That this, this was something people were talking about when the game first released. And here we are, a year and a half later. A year and a half later. Guys, we did it. It's we have hand. a hand count. We have a hand count. Recounts not needed. It is only one.
2: <laughs> Certified. Gratified.
1: It's official. One hand.
0: What if you're not wearing those healer's tools?
1: Well, then, you know what, chat? I don't have an answer for you. I don't care.
3: Need a new hand count. What what if you're wearing only those healer's
1: tools? (laughs) (laughs) That is a very specific scenario that we cover in Dice Don't Die After Dark.
2: Anyway, no. I was going to say, this had to do with hand count, not leg count.
1: Mm. Uh, okay! <laughs> friendly, friendly affair! We are moving on from that!
3: I, I, I would just say, so we stick with alliteration, it's Dice Don't Die during Dark.
1: Oh, yes. You know, we're going to have to do a special episode. And then
2: our emo day. episode, which is Dice Don't Die Does Dark.
1: I hate it. Thanks.
2: That was so <laughs> funny, and I'm so upset nobody laughed. I might just log off. <laughs>
1: <laughs>
3: bye, Sarah.
1: I mean, I- <laughs> <What>? <laughs> <laughs> wow, no apologies either. Oh, Chad's just like, all right, then bye. <laughs> no,
3: nah, it, it, it just makes it that much more email because now you can be upset about it. I was just trying to think of more alliterations. Let me go write in sorry. my journal. <laughs> I just felt the uh, (laughs) gust of wind from your hair flip. (laughs) Thank you.
2: (laughs) All right,
1: at least someone gets me. We have been going for a while, and I I still have what one, two, three, four more to go. So uh, gotta power through, guys. The next one's the longest one. So attack rolls and attacks. are not the same thing anymore, guys. Whew. So, I'm going to read a wall of text. I know I said I was going to prevent it, but for this one, you got to have the full context because I'm going to be kind of talking about a few of the ramifications of this. Also, um, there's even more that, that like, just go to the forums. People People are, like, either loving or hating this ruling. So, Quote, attack rolls. There's some confusion as to whether skill checks with the attack trait, such as grapple or trip, are also attack rolls at the same time. They are not. To make this clear, uh, they added a sentence at the beginning, or add this sentence at the beginning of the definition of attack roll. When you use a strike action or make a spell attack, attempt a check called an attack roll. To clarify the different rule elements involved, an attack is a check that has the attack trait. It applies and increases the multiple attack penalty. An attack roll is one of the core types of checks in the game, along with saving throws, skill checks, and perception checks. They are used for strikes and spell attacks and traditionally target armor class. Some skill actions have the attack trait. Specifically, athletic actions such as grapple and trip. You may make a skill check with these attacks, not an attack roll. The multiple attack penalty applies to those skill actions as well. As it says later in the definition of attack roll, striking multiple times in a turn has diminishing returns... The multiple attack penalty applies to each attack after the first. Whether those are strikes, special attacks like the grapple action, or spell attack rolls. Okay, end quote. Let's break with down lo- what that means. An attack is any check with the attack trait. Great. Awesome. Got it. An attack roll is a check... And it may or may not have the attack trait. uh, Almost like 99% of the time it's going to, but they are separate things. Um, These include strikes. Some skill actions have the attack trait, but are not attack rolls. Okay? So we have attack rolls and the attack trait. And those are not the same thing. Okay. We got it?
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Yes.
3: Uh, I, I drew my Venn diagram. I'm good to go.
1: Gotcha. Okay, great. Because I think if they could redo this, they would rename the trait. Honestly. It's confusing. Bro. However, what that means is multiple attack penalty affects everything. The issue. Many feats and abilities and things talk about strikes, or they talk about attack roll, not the attack trait, and not skill actions that have the attack trait. Specifically, we're going to talk about the whip. The whip is a finesse weapon, which means you use your dex modifier instead of your strength on attack rolls, but not skill attack. So the whip has finesse, but it also has trip. Because you can use your whip to trip people, which I think is great. Mm -hmm. It doesn't use your dex. It uses your strength. And that kind of stinks for characters that are maneuver based. So there are definitely some monk builds, swashbuckler builds, fighter builds, things that Are decks focused? This is a nerf to that.
2: Yeah, I was thinking about the swash builds that were Mm going to be handicapped by this.
1: Yeah. no, I mean, it absolutely does. Um, In my uh, Extinction Curse game, I have a monk who uses Grapple all the time. But he's a strength character, so it doesn't really matter. This is definitely um, going to affect uh, those deck-based characters. It means that when w- we knew all along that it had the multiple attack penalty, although we-, we were mostly like, there was some inconsistent language around it, and they have sort of, well, made that apply across the board: that it is attack rolls, skill checks with the attack. So, yeah. There's a lot going on here. It's going to have some wide-reaching effects. The main thing I wanted to focus on was how it affected Grapple and Swashbuggler builds. Any finesse build, just this is... This is a sad... to the heart. So. Anyway.
3: Personally... I
0: don't like that it, that the multiple attack penalty applies to those skill checks with the attack traits. Because I, I l- actually like the, t- the multiple attack penalty because it makes players not want to just attack three times in a row. But now I'm like, okay, I can either attack and then grapple with a lesser, like a, a less accurate one. And I would rather just be able to attack and then ha- make like Grapple more attractive to me because it's not going to take a multiple attack penalty, but now it, it's stuck with that, and I don't particularly like that.
2: Yeah, I I'd, I'd definitely agree with... I, I like the multiple attack bonus because, you know, unless you're a fighter and you get sort of really high up in your levels, like, it's not advantageous to just keep attacking the whole time. It kind of makes you have to think outside the box a little bit. Mm. Um, so, I mean, that's that's
1: something that I enjoy, but... Yeah, that is absolutely what I was thinking. Like, that just kind of stinks when you know, y- you want to be able to attack them and then trip, you know, or if you, you want to be able to do something else and then trip, like, I don't know. I understand it maybe from a balance perspective, but I think that if the weapon inherently has a trait like this, like finesse and trip, you should be able to do it. (laughs) Makes for some interesting feats that might show up later, though. I could see that. Yeah. All right. Let's uh, burn through a couple more. The next one should be pretty quick. And honestly, it's on this list, because just sometimes, guys, I like to gloat. What? You? (laughs) Huh? Gasp. I I know. I just seem like such a humble person. And it's not true. It's a facade.
3: The most humble person.
1: (laughs) (laughs) All right, let's not go that far. I, I I know who I am. Uh, so the d20 is not an automatic critical so let me read this in critical hits quote in critical hits you make an attack roll a natural 20 if the result of your attack exceeds the target's ac by 10 was too broad and so they've changed it. it just says when you make an attack and succeed with a natural 20 that's when you critical So what that means is, and what I have said uh, from the beginning, is regardless of if it was a nat 20 at all, does it hit? Because all that nat 20 is going to do is it's going to bump it up a step. It's not an automatic critical. If you fail, but get a nat 20, it just bumps it up to a success. Also, maybe a sign you shouldn't be trying to hit that creature, but that's a discussion for a different day.
2: That's for, like, when you do the speed run and you bypass everything and get right to the boss and you're like, oh, maybe I did <laughs> need that stuff.
0: Yeah. So what if it's a critical failure? Will it just bump it up to a failure?
2: hmm yeah.
1: yeah. It only takes it up one step.
0: That's when you leave.
1: I mean, yes, you should have left before then. Like at that point, that's just when you know you need you, you should have had a will and hopefully yeah. your next of kin finds your body.
2: I don't think there's gonna be much left of your body. I'm gonna be honest.
1: <laughs> it's true. You're you're absolutely right. Like that's just if you if you roll an at twenty and you still can't hit, get out of there. Mm-hmm. Or you're a wizard in melee and what are you doing? <laughs> What are you doing there, bud? Get out of there!
3: You you know, sometimes a guy with some mustaches challenges you to a fist fight. (laughs) You just (laughs) got to do it. Oh my
1: gosh, that was really funny. (sighs) It was all right. Anyway, (laughs) so yeah, I just had to put that in there because, like, some people in the forums were actually surprised by this, and in my mind, I was sitting here going, "Uh, it's always been that way." And the fact that they like Piso had to be like, "Look, guys, apparently this wasn't clear enough. Let us Like, is just really funny to me because like it was very clear to me.
2: I would like to say that I really enjoyed this rule on, like, I've always thought it was clear too, for the record. But I really mm-hmm. like this this ruling on how crits work. Um, in in addition to like, if you. S- if you succeed with, uh, like, 10 more than whatever the DC is, mm-hmm. then it's also a crit. I love that rule, too. The number of times that too. I've been playing D&D, and I'm like, oh, well, like, how much did it succeed by? And the DM is like, what?
1: Not a thing, Sarah. <laughs>
2: that's that's not a thing. And I was like, oh, right.
1: <laughs> well, actually, the same, though. That, that What you're talking about, it wasn't with D&D, but it's I play on sundays i play pathfinder first edition do you guys know how freaking difficult it is to switch back and forth between pathfinder first and second oh, terrible. oh my gosh it's so hard every single sunday i have to take about 5 minutes and realign my brain <laughs> anyway sorry total side note uh so i feel you on that and and uh i actually completely agree uh sarah it's it's one of my favorite things about second edition. Yeah. All right. So for this uh, second to last one, we're going to be talking about a number of spell changes. And I feel like I would be remiss if I started talking about this. I'm actually going to pass it off to our uh, resident spellcaster.
3: Call this a uh, David spellcasting corner.
1: Yes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
3: So there were a couple of different errata about. uh, One was about quickened casting and one was about spell casting breadth. They're both under. um, Well, one was under like the core class and the breadth was under the dedication. But both of the wordings changes had to do with how it affected dedications. Uh, So each of these had a like, you can apply a certain effect to. Uh, spell slots that are you know less like too lower than your highest spell slot you can cast, uh, but they added wording that was like if if you were a wizard, it would specifically say wizard spell slots, or if you got your dedication through to be a sorcerer, they were specifically for your sorcery spell slots. That way, if you uh, you know took a dedication in druid and you were already like a level fourteen wizard, you didn't automatically get benefits of having like level what would it be at that point? Level seven, six, seven spells, uh right away. Like your your feats for your Druid dedication would only affect your Druid dedication spells.
1: So that's kind of just a uh, a nerf to multi class. I
3: mean I think it I think it more aligns with what uh Paizo wanted it to be in the first place. Uh I mean I I know I saw several posts that were just like oh you can take a small dip into sorcery and take these this feat and that feat and then you can apply all these other benefits to you know all your wizard spells or something. And that's not really what they intended. You know they intended intended it to be more of a Let's take a small dip and give, you know, a fighter some cantrips and a couple of spells. The next one, uh, I didn't entirely understand this one because I thought it was clear enough to begin to begin with. Uh, they changed the definition of the cantrip slightly. So previously, it said that you automatically level your cantrips up to the character level. Divided in half, rounded up.
1: So, if it was your level seven, it would be four. Yes. Okay. Um,
3: and but there was there was some ambiguous wording there, and it said like this, and this usually lines up with the highest level spell slot you can cast. And then they changed it to um, your half your level rounded up, which Will like which will match your highest level spell slot you can cast, but I thought that it actually threw a little bit more confusion into how you handle multi-class cantrips because when you first take a like a dedication into any of the spell casting, you get like two cantrips per day. But you don't have any any spell slots, so how do you know what you know level you're you know you're rounding up your cantrip to? I don't know. I huh. I, I think I think yeah. that one muddied the waters a little bit more. Uh, I, I I think it would be uh it would it would meet the intent more to just have it match your Highest level spell slot you could cast, because right. then even at, even when you're checking your uh, spellcasting dedications, it it'll it'll level up, but slower than other spellcasting classes.
1: Yeah, no, that they didn't add like text in there about. I guess I wouldn't nope. read it. No, nope, not think that. about this honestly.
3: Not that I saw.
1: Because there's, in my opinion, there should be, like, a minimum.
3: Right. I Yeah, I agree. And um, the, I did not see any additional text under the uh, you know, dedication feats that, you know, defined what a cantrip was for a spellcasting dedication.
1: Hmm.
3: Expect and some you- forum posts, I suppose.
1: Oh, I've already seen a <laughs> few that kind of... Uh, I I saw them. I didn't really digest them per se, but now I ne- I think I need to go back and read the discussion on this. Yeah, because I hadn't thought about that. I I hadn't thought about the multi classing specifically. There are a lot of stuff in this errata that I feel like targets multi class. Yeah, is I, I agree.
3: I agree.
1: All right, more more spell changes.
3: Yep. The next one, it's pretty simple, pretty quick, uh, but it only affects 19th and 20th level characters. Uh, Mm -hmm. So they changed uh, one aspect of the 10th level spell slot, and it says that you can't use this spell slot for abilities that let you cast spells without expending spell slots or that give you more spell slots.
1: Yeah. And th- and that's just because uh people were were doing these builds that was like, look, I want as many level 10 spells as I can possibly get.
3: I'm going to combine all of my lower spell slots into 40 level 10 spells.
1: Yeah. Does not work that way.
3: And then you just wish the campaign away.
1: Yeah. <laughs> That's weird. but I mean at <laughs> level twenty, unless you're doing like a new character at level twenty, like this does not come up very often. So, more theory crafting than anything else. Which again, the the rules should uh, cover that, right? Like they're gonna start having, or they have started having all of the APs go to twenty. So, like, I get it. It's still just like, eh, it's not gonna... It's really not that big of a deal. You guys are essentially gods at that point anyway. All right, what else?
3: They specified that certain spells cannot target attended objects.
1: <laughs>
3: so, there, there were several damaging spells that I guess uh, had wording that it was like, you can target creatures or objects,
1: Unlock a door by blasting it open.
3: Yeah, or oh, I don't, I don't like that. This you know person is carrying a blunderbuss, so I'm gonna throw an acid flask at it and melt it away. Oh,
1: now that would be an intended object. This is specifically for unattended, isn't it? Oh no, no, no. You it didn't say you you could target objects. It doesn't say unattended or attended. Right. You just target. Oh yeah. Right. So, yeah, there was a uh, guy with a blunderbuss bl- in your face that you didn't like.
3: Yeah, that you might challenge with fistfight in the next ten minutes. Well. Uh. Yeah. <laughs> uh. So uh, it it removed the ability to target objects from several different spells, and then it limited hydraulic push specifically to creatures and unattended objects.
1: Yeah. Which probably should have been the case from the beginning, anyway. So. Yeah. Okay. Uh
3: and then this last one is uh just my call out to everyone I mean everyone playing Pathfinder but just everyone in general learn to read. <laughs> uh and oh my god. And and practice practice that because uh they had to clarify that cantrips do not use spell slots. And I can search this block of text, the core rulebook, unedited, uh, one, five separate times, one for each spellcasting class. A cantrip is a special type of spell that doesn't use spell slots. But David, does it use spell slots? No, because I specifically said it doesn't use spell slots.
1: Hmm. Yeah, I didn't even know that was under debate. That is, I, you know, I feel like
2: cantrips have always taken spell slots. <laughs> in in every single game ever played. D&D, Pathfinder 1, Pathfinder 2, all versions of D&D, most other games, the basic definition of the word cantrip. Spell
3: <laughs> slots. But- but Sarah, a cantrip is a special type of spell that doesn't use a spell slot. <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna tattoo that. <laughs>
1: Please, Please
3: do. don't on on, <laughs> Please do. on on people that don't understand
2: it. Oh <laughs> okay. That's fair. Sure. I'll I'll allow that.
1: No. You gotta tattoo just, it on yourself.
2: Just seemed yeah. like a weird hill to tattoo Dion. <laughs> I'm
1: here for it.
2: Actually, I'll allow it if you get it as a tramp stamp.
1: <laughs> Alright, well, on that note, I want to end with our last of the the five that Dice Don't Die wanted, wanted to bring up. The last of the rules that we felt were important for you to know. And personally, it is my absolute favorite errata of Pathfinder 2nd. Quote, Even if you aren't a humanoid, you too can be a hero. In heroism, remove humanoid from the target's line so it reads just one creature. End quote. So now, you can... Uh, buff your non-humanoid party mates. And because it says one creature, if you are so inclined, you could buff your enemies. To
2: be heroic.
1: To be heroic. (laughs) It's my favorite thing. Just a line, even if you aren't a humanoid, you could be a hero too.
2: I just, I really want Sebastian to be buffed with that at some point now. Yeah, just like you too, tiny owl can be a hero.
1: And then he goes and flies from an explosion that he created.
3: Did
0: yes. Parrot
1: meme.
3: Down the
0: hallway. Or, hear
1: it, you know I mean. Yes. Trying to
3: find my Hero Academia caption to put to. The I mean internet. that. He, uh, Sebastian did escort some people out of the uh, burning building way back in episode one, I think.
2: I think you're
1: right. 20 years ago
2: when we recorded episode one.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Alright, well, that is it. Chad, take us out.
3: Oh, hold on. I figured out a way to have uh, alliteration on our five points. Do it. Dice don't dies. Dominant directives. Nice. That that
0: hits.
1: No. What? (laughs) Absolutely not. What? No.
3: This is a hill I will die on.
1: (laughs) Oh my gosh, that's so funny.
0: Well, folks, that's it for Dice Don't Die's Deep Dive Dominant Directives. (laughs) Uh, Did we miss anything that you thought was important? Do you think there should be more new OP Alchemist updates? Let us know what you think. Until next time, remember, Dice Don't Die.
1: But player characters do.
0: Thanks for listening to Dice Don't Die. Hey, if you like what we do, please visit us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Dice Don't Die, or email us at Dice Pod at gmail.com. The intro and outro song, Crunk Night, were created by Kevin McLeod. More of his work, and the work of many others, can be found royalty-free at filmmusic.io. Thanks again for listening, and we'll see you on the next adventure.